Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monticelli, the host of this podcast, Let's Talk Soul. Over the years, after having interviewed so many people on so many different topics, I realized that what interested my audience wasn't really the individual topics per se, but was how it impacted them, how it touched their soul. So I'll invite you all to lay back, put your feet up, and if you like what you hear, leave a review, five-star review. I'd appreciate that. So just enjoy your listening. Today, I have a guest with us, Lion Goodman. Lion, say hello to our audience. Hello, audience. It's great to be here with you, Claudia. <laughs> Thanks. It's a wonderful to have you. He's talking to us from California today. And um, there's a lot to say about Lion, but let me see if I can get, uh, I'll, I'll summarize it, and then we'll start uh, asking him. So Lion Goodman is what he calls a transformational coach, an author, a healer, and a teacher. Um, at the age of 26, Lion was shot in the head four times. And right there is, you know, you think, boy, anybody to be able to survive that. Um, really has a story to tell. This near-death experience kick-started his five decades of research into the nature of consciousness. This is something we all want to hear about, De developmental psychology, spirituality, and healing. He created the Clear Beliefs Method of Trauma-Informed Therapeutic Coaching, which he has taught to more than five hundred coaches, healers, therapists around the world. His training is accredited by both the International Coaching Federation and Association for Coaching. In a single session, Lion can eliminate a client's limiting or negative belief from their subconscious mind, can heal a childhood wound, or resolve a trauma from the past. This clear methods, clear beliefs method is a multidimensional approach to rapid and deep healing. Very interesting. Lion has taught workshops and trainings around the world and authored five books, including the book entitled Creating on Purpose, Clear Your Clients Limiting Beliefs and Menlightenment. Hmm. <laughs> mm. And he uh, co-authored a new book, Transforming Trauma, with Joe Vitale, Marci Shim Shimoff, John Demartini, Christy Whitman. Um, and I'll just, how to get in touch with you, I'll put in the um, description of the episode. Lion, now, of course, you know, the first question I think everybody would want to know, how did you survive? after being shot in the head four times. But maybe that's not the best question. I'll come to that later. I want to know, uh, that was at 26. Who was Lion before then? What kind of, um, let's say, I'd like to talk about the teenage years. Who was Lion when he was a teen? Mm, I'm not sure you want to get to know that person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's too late anyway. <laughs> well, maybe hear about it. <laughs> um, I've I've been a seeker as long as I can remember. Uh, okay. Even in elementary school, I was looking mm -hmm. at other people and trying to figure out how they were normal. Yeah. And I wasn't. 
So ah. I knew that I was different. I knew uh -huh. that I was odd and weird mm -hmm. and uh, and I didn't make friends easily. Yeah. They all seemed to like just live life themselves. But I, I yeah. had this observation. I was always looking at them, mm -hmm. trying to figure them out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my dad handed me a book on reincarnation when I was 12 years old and said, this mm -hmm. might interest you. Yeah. And I read about I read about uh, a chapter or two and then I closed it and went, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and that got me interested in uh in uh, psychic phenomenon and i mm -hmm. practiced uh telepathy with my girlfriend mm -hmm. at 13 so i was an early explorer of these uh -huh. things yeah uh, and so i think the best description of me would be a seeker uh -huh. uh, i was a, a seeker, seeker. Of, of trying to figure things out trying to figure myself yeah. out. yeah and i ended up spending my lifetime doing that mm -hmm. until i finally figured it out okay so well, we never really quite figure it out, don't we? I know. I mean, that's the but beauty. I, we like to pretend. We, well, you know, we, 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 we at least, you know, proclaim that we figured yeah, it out. Yeah. Um, now, uh, okay, you sidestepped the question very elegantly, but <laughs> I'll get back to you. So now we're at 26 years old. What brought you to this, uh, this harrowing uh, episode in your life being shot? What, where were you? You were obviously in the wrong place at the wrong time, but what happened? Um, I had graduated from college, University of Colorado, yeah. with mm -hmm. a degree in consciousness studies. Okay. And it was one of the first degrees yes. granted in that field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. way back in 1975. Yeah, uh, that's, that's uh, you know, you were very lucky. You were very yeah. lucky. Um, and nobody was hiring people with degrees in consciousness studies. <laughs> <laughs> they, they still aren't hiring <laughs> those people. <laughs> so uh, in order to make money, I became a salesman on the road. And uh -huh. I was selling jewelry and gift items and, mm -hmm. and traveling the Southwest U.S., mm -hmm. uh, calling on stores and selling jewelry and gift uh -huh. items, crystals and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was, uh, I was on the road as a good Samaritan. And so if somebody's car had broken down, I would yeah. stop and help them. Right. Uh, was on the road i was driving this big rv van mm -hmm. uh, and so on my way from las vegas to la mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of the mojave desert there was a guy whose car had broken down uh, and uh, it was about 110 degrees outside oh so i God. stopped and i said you know can do you need any help he said well i just who to put 200 into her and she's she won't start and i don't know what to do mm. and i said well i'm heading into la would you like a ride and he looked at me kind of funny, went, yeah, okay. And he brought his duffel bags and suitcases and stuff into my van. And we started driving. Well, we mm. ended up driving. I, he ended up being with me for three days. I kind of took him under oh. my wing mm -hmm. and I grew to trust him. And I'd send him on errands with the van and mm -hmm. you know, give him, give him clothes to wear that were better mm. than the clothes he had. Uh, and so it was it was like an apprentice. He was kind of like an apprentice and I was, it's lonely to be traveling on the road. So it was right. good to have a companion. Mm -hmm. And the third night out, uh, I was in the back of the van, pushing things around, trying to make more room because yeah. it was very crowded with all his stuff and my stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was in the front seat and suddenly there was an explosion mm. and I felt something hit me in the head. And I thought maybe the gas stove had exploded. I looked up and it was intact. And I looked to my left and there he was with a, gun in his hand pointing at me hmm. uh, from the front seat hmm. so 
needless to say, it was a bit of a surprise. Oh, uh, I'd and, say that. Yeah. And uh, I, at first, I thought he was warning me that he wanted to steal my stuff. And at that right. point, the, my first instinct was, "It's all yours. Take everything. Leave me naked outside. Mm -hmm. Bye. No problem." You know? Yeah. But then he shot again, mm. and uh, and I realized he's not just warning me; he's yeah. going to kill me. He's kill me. Yeah. And at that moment, uh, I re many realizations happened. Like, oh, mm -hmm. this is the end of my life. Right. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't defend myself. I was a sitting right. duck, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do I want to die? And mm -hmm. I had studied enough about death and dying to know that I didn't want to die with anger or upset. Right, right. I wanted to die clean. So mm -hmm. I went through my past and asked forgiveness for mm -hmm. every from everybody that I had hurt. Mm -hmm. and forgave it everyone that had hurt me right and he shot again mm -hmm. the second and third bullets missed me by fractions of an inch mm -hmm. uh, but by this time i was connecting to source and right. saying okay i'm ready to come home sure. and i'm out of my body and looking down sure. at this little van and <clears throat> finding it an amusing situation sure. um but i figured okay well this is this is it this yeah. is why i couldn't see my future because right. i'm going to be dead in the future <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and so then he, he shot again mm -hmm. and this time the bullet hit me, sent my head flying to the right blood mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. down and I was back in my body, which I thought was unusual because I was supposed to be out of my body. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt intact. Uh, so I picked up my head and I looked at him and he freaked out and he said, why aren't you dead, man? You're supposed to be dead. And I didn't know the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in this very spacious love light. Right glowing right. like golden honey flowing through me yeah uh, out into him it's like everything was just one right. big love fest uh and that began an eight-hour conversation uh with that with him with him yeah which lasted through the night and into the morning and um and what about your head well i didn't know what had happened to my head i thought i thought if if the bullets had gone through i should be able to notice something missing you know right. but I, yeah. I felt intact so i really didn't know there was just mm -hmm. lots of blood and and eventually it stopped bleeding uh, when i finally got to the hospital the doctor said oh you two bullets glanced off your skull you're a lucky uh -huh. man uh -huh. and i i thought no i'm i'm a blessed man <laughs> you're right at all. exactly yeah hmm Interesting. So this man is still in your life, still contact with him? No, nope, no contact since then, um, which I appreciate. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, gun laws haven't have changed. It's a lot easier. You don't want to find him, no. <laughs> well, interesting. So uh, we can, that does qualify as a near-death experience for sure, for sure. Um, well, you said that you had a degree in consciousness and of course, 75, 76, you said, right? Yeah. Um, it's, of course, it's changed like everything over the years. What is that? Uh, 30, 50 years ago? No. Uh, 40 years ago, 50 years Feels ago. Feels like a long time. Long time, uh, right? 50, 50 years so, ago. So now uh, consciousness, there have been a lot of different things that have come up. According to you, what is the most relevant change in and around consciousness that seems interesting to you today? Well, first of all, when I was getting a degree in consciousness studies, most people thought of consciousness as an epiphenomenon of the brain. Mm -hmm. 
brain's yes. active enough and right. consciousness right. happens. Right. Right. Uh, today, more and more scientists are saying consciousness is not a pr product of the brain. It might the brain might be a transmitter of consciousness, mm -hmm. but we really don't know. The yeah. end, and what what's the same back then to now is that yeah. people don't know what the connection is between brain and consciousness. You mm -hmm. can't open up the brain and find yeah. consciousness yeah. anywhere. Yeah. yeah, You can't find thoughts or feelings. So mm -hmm. we have experience. We all have experiences. Um, and people talk about changing the brain, but we really can't change our brain. Mm -hmm. What we can change is our experience and our beliefs that create our experience. So yeah. this is what my 50 years of research brought me to, is mm -hmm. the understanding that the infrastructure of the mind is beliefs. Like yeah. the infrastructure of the brain is neurons mm -hmm. and beliefs to me are the basic unit of human consciousness mm -hmm. because we put together our world starting when we're still in the womb mm -hmm. by identifying patterns and then using those patterns to survive. Yeah. And so later they get words attached to them and they, we call them beliefs, but, yeah. but it's a pattern system that's been there from the very beginning. Okay, so then we come up to this first idea that you suggested or as a topic, using your the, the subconscious mind to change your beliefs and change your life. Um, would you like to talk about that? Sure. I Go love ahead. talking about this topic. <laughs> it's my favorite thing Thank to God. talk about. <laughs> Go ahead. You have the floor. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So these patterns, this pattern detection system yeah. uh, starts when we're very young, a yeah. baby coming out of the womb can identify the mother's voice as opposed to another yes. woman's voice, for example. So we know that the patterns are beginning to form in the womb. Once we come out, we're, we're starting to be told who we are and what we are. Mm -hmm. Oh, your name is Johnny. You're such right. a cute little boy. You're going to grow up to be a, a great doctor someday. Mm -hmm. And the mind is on record mode for the first mm -hmm. many years, just trying to get the patterns down right. because if I recognize a pattern, I can survive. Right. So for example, a baby may come to the conclusion, this is pre-verbal before mm -hmm. words. Um, if I cry and make a fuss, I'll <laughs> get taken care of. Yeah, right. And that's a very good belief for a baby. To it's come a terrible to... for the mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get that. Uh, yeah, but the, the baby's after their own survival. Mom, yeah, their mom right. has to take I care know. of herself. <laughs> but for many years, there was a phenomenon of women throwing their children out the window. I mean, <laughs> I could un fully relate. <laughs> indeed, indeed. For my um, own survival. <laughs> So oh, the it, problem, and, yeah. and you, you actually said the problem, which is that that's an old belief that would, that should have been had an expiration date, like meat, yeah. uh, meat powder, you know, this belief will, will uh, expire in five years or four, yeah. if you can talk and, right. get your, and ask for your needs yeah. to be met, right? But yeah. it doesn't, it gets pushed down into the subconscious mind by other mm. beliefs other knowings and other learnings. Well, wait, now, now let's, I mean, we have an international audience here and not everyone is, is, um, is um, conversant with these, some of these concepts. So when we talk about the subconscious, what are we really talking about? Well, the standard picture is an iceberg, right? So yeah. the, the little bit of the iceberg that's sticking up above the water is our conscious mind. Mm -hmm. It's a very tiny slice of what's happening in our nervous system. In our other words, system... we're aware of what's happening. Yes. 
Okay. We're not aware of what's happening. <laughs> Everything outside our current awareness mm -hmm. is sub or below the conscious mind. Okay. So the subconscious is very deep and it includes everything that we know. And then, of course, Carl Jung talked about the collective unconscious, which is everything that everyone has ever known, the myths and the and the stories that, mm -hmm. of, of ancient times that are also part of our consciousness. So okay. these are really arbitrary distinctions. Uh, you know, what's subconscious? Well, my right foot is in my subconscious at the mm -hmm. moment until I put my attention mm -hmm, on it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned before we were, uh, we started recording, you mentioned um, a friend of yours who had created a deck of cards, an Oracle deck, and she worked with archetypes and Carl Jung uh, with the idea of the collective unconscious. That is the collective unconscious archetypes also are in the swim in that ocean there. Absolutely. Um, but when, you know, I hate to interrupt you every now and then, but I think I'm starting, well, when you say using the conscious mind, okay, you're talking to someone, I'm just asking you questions, but I see that written, for example, on your website. All right. That's a service you use. Let's say that's a service that you offer a client who comes to you or a group, you know, whatever you, however you work with them. And they say, okay, I want to use my subconscious mind to change my beliefs and change my life because I'm in the, I'm a mess. All right. I'm a mess. I know all I can think about is bills. All I can think about it. I'm anxiety ridden. All I can think, I can't even have sex anymore. I need help. They come to you. And what is your first, do you work one-on-one? -on -one? I do. Okay. So, so how does that work? Uh, I don't want you to tell me everything, but just the process. What would you first do with me? The principle that I use mm -hmm. is that everything in our consciousness has a cause. Yes. And the ultimate cause are the beliefs and conclusions and patterns that we came to mm -hmm. earlier in our life that we're now yes. using to survive. Okay. So an adult, adult comes to me and says, I'm having a, a problem with my relationship. Okay. And I, I ask about it like any sure. good therapist sure. would. Yeah. And the answer is he, he just won't pay attention to me. Um, and I, I make a big fuss to get his attention. Yeah. Well, there's the, there's the earliest belief. I have to cry and make a fuss. To okay. Get sure. Sure. And so I'm looking into the subconscious to find out where that began. Okay. Where was the conclusion? Because mm -hmm. we could come to any conclusion, right? right? One child who's not cared for might say, I need to be quiet in order to survive and get my needs met. Mm -hmm. So that person might come to me and say, I can't speak my mind. Okay. Well, they, they came to a different conclusion in, in infancy. Mm -hmm. And so my work is to, is to listen to whatever the pattern is at the surface, what's yeah. happening in your life, and then asking you questions that lead down to the root cause, which are the beliefs that you came to or were indoctrinated with early in your life, and then work with those. Because if we can clear those out of the way, yeah. then that's no longer the pattern. The whole pattern disappears. And okay. now you have space and openness where there was a fixed pattern. Right. Okay. In now, that space, you can create anything new. So you, several times, I think at least seven times so far, you use the word survival. And when a client comes to you today, most of the people who are looking for services of this kind are able to do so because they dispose of a way to pay you. I'll just put it that way. And so they're not looking for survival, mere 
survival because they have food they can eat. What they're looking for is something maybe akin to happiness or, I mean, it's, it's, that is a different type of survival perhaps, but it's not raw survival like a child who cries. So when you talk of the conscious mind in this, the subconscious mind in this case, do you work at any level with their dream patterns? I find dreams very interesting, but I'm not an expert in them. Right. Yeah. So, so I use whatever information they bring. Oh, they give you. Right. Good. Mm-hmm. And I'm an inquirer, right? So I right. ask them to tell me what's going on, and then right. I guide them into their own subconscious mind. Yeah. I don't go diving into their mind. Yeah. I simply evoke from them. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on inside of them? Uh-huh. And if a dream came up, we look at the dream as an archetypal. Right expression of right. some part of their consciousness consciousness is very complicated oh god <laughs> yes <laughs> amen yeah and we know psychology, that <laughs> right and psychology is just one part of consciousness right and and spirituality is another part of consciousness right. our body is another part of consciousness right, right right so consciousness is expressing itself in the, that person's life in yeah. whatever way it does i went this just made me think when i was doing my phd I went to a supervisor and I was saying, you know, and I come from a social linguistics background. And um, and he, I said, you know, I'm, I've been thinking to, you know, to study this topic, to study this topic. And, he, and I really love to study and I love, you know, seeking things out. And he said, look, why don't you study consciousness? That'll take you for until you die. <laughs> nice. Right. Nice advice. That's really right. good advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. So, so you are, uh, you're in the process of going towards the end of your life, studying consciousness over and over and over again, because um, if it's true that every single person is a world amongst themselves, or, you know, an individual in everything they bring to you is so unique that even your response to them and, and interaction with them is unique. Am I right? Absolutely. Every single individual is a unique being. To me, they're a star, like, yeah. In a, yeah. like a star in the heavens is shining their light. And then mm-hmm. the, that light is occluded by their patterns, their psychology, yeah. their ego issues, their, yeah. their frustrations. And so by removing those things that are in the way, yeah. then that light gets to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. Okay, let me ask you a difficult question. You don't have to give me an answer, but I'll ask you anyway. <laughs> um, have you ever had a case with a client that was you were unable to work with? It just yes. didn't work. Yes. And can, would you like to share that with us? Sure. Uh, my I use a lot of very deep processes. Yeah. And one of my clients came to me, he was a product manager at a big, uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, big firm. And um, he didn't like processes. Huh. In fact, every, time, <laughs> every time I tried using one, he went, I don't like that stuff. Don't do that with me. He yeah. just wanted to sort of report what was going on with him. And I was mostly a listener and an encourager. Yeah. Uh, he went, he stayed with me for 10 years. <laughs> and every time I tried, every time I tried one of my tricks, no, it didn't work. And so I didn't know if I was doing any good. 
Right. Well, 10 years later, he was retiring as a multimillionaire, as a VP of marketing at a big company. So I thought, okay, well, I helped him. I don't yeah. know how I helped him. Maybe yeah. it was just me listening. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one case in which I didn't get to use any of my my smart tricks of right. consciousness. Yeah. Um, but just being a good listener was enough mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had uh, other people who had so much resistance yeah. to their own consciousness, to their own awareness. They yeah. were so stuck in their patterns I know. that they couldn't know. even see outside them. You know, if you're stuck in blame, like it's all out there, everything yeah, is sure, 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 out sure. there. It's sure. very difficult to get somebody to recognize that they are the cause of the matter. And responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same light, in the same vein, could you tell us about a, a highly successful story uh, that went beyond your wildest dreams that you never thought you could have that person reach the heights that they have? I have a great story about one of my clients who came mm-hmm. to me. He was, a, he was a multimillionaire many times, meaning that he made millions and he lost millions. And he, oh. made millions and he, lost millions. <laughs> he probably and got he, married five times too. <laughs> And he was tired of the pattern and he heard yeah. about it. So he called me up. And and so we began looking at the pattern. And I took mm-hmm. him back into his childhood as, as I do. Mm-hmm. And he suddenly remembered being three years old, walking yeah. on the streets of New York with his mother. Yeah. And he saw a shiny penny Ooh. and he reached down to pick it up. And his mother jerked him back and said, don't touch that. It's dirty. <laughs> yeah. And this realization from that single incident, which he had long forgotten, yeah, sure, he put together that he couldn't hold on to money because it was dirty and he shouldn't touch it. Ah, and that's why he kept losing his millions. So after that, he didn't have to lose his millions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you lost the client. He got <laughs> interesting. That's really interesting. Do you work with groups? No, I don't. I teach mm-hmm. groups. You I teach, teach groups, my yeah. technology to, mm-hmm. to groups of people uh, in my Clear Beliefs coach training. Mm-hmm. And I teach this methodology, which is very impactful, very effective. Mm-hmm. And most coaches are taught that they are supposed to work with the present and the future yeah. and leave the past to psychotherapists. Mm. Ah, right. I'd say, no, you can't move forward in life. Right. Unless you clean up the past, because what stops people more often than anything is something from their past, a belief, a a self image, uh, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So we clear those out of the way and suddenly the person is fully capable of creating their future. Let's talk a little bit about the books that you've written. Can you? Because you've co-authored, you've written five books, right? Um, And... uh, I might have made a mistake in presenting them. Maybe you could, they were probably a list, but can you give me the titles the, sure. from the earliest, if you, if you remember? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, well, my first p- published book that was successful was called Creating on Purpose, The Spiritual ah. Technology of Manifesting Through the Chakras. Uh-huh. Nice. That's I, interesting. I wrote that book. I co-authored that book with Anadea Judith, who's a famous author about the chakras. When and is we, that? When was that? What year? Do you remember? Uh, 2011, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we looked at the process of manifestation because I had been looking at it through the belief lens. It's like, what yeah. beliefs do we need to create what we want? And she had been looking at it through the chakra lens, yeah. which is the, the downward current through the chakras. Most people think of the chakras as an upward current becoming more and more open, yeah, more and yeah. more enlightened until mm-hmm. you have a big woo-ha experience of mm-hmm. enlightenment. 
but but the ancient texts do talk about a downward current which yeah. is the current of manifestation uh, they call it mukti and bukti bukti mm -hmm. is downward current and that yeah. means pleasure yes and i know you've written about pleasure mm -hmm. and so when you have what you want you experience pleasure Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so the having this function comes from this downward current yeah. of taking an idea and bringing it into reality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and so this is a step-by-step -step book that, that takes you through that, that journey from idea to, and to actuality. Th these, this is the first 2011. This is possible to be found in amazon.com yes. uh, and Amazon yes, so anywhere. So Amazon. Lion Goodman, Amazon. What's the next book just to get, you know. Uh, the next book was Menlightenment. This is an ebook. Oh, Menlightenment. Okay, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an ebook available on my website, and basically, I had been doing men's work for twenty years. And, and what, realized what do you that, mean, men's work? Ah, uh, so only working with men, or women, or cleaning the bathroom? And yeah. <laughs> I want, what's men's yeah. work? <laughs> Good question. No one's Mechanic? ever asked that before. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Uh, well, you women's women got together in women's groups uh, in the yeah. early days of feminism, and yeah. men were feeling left out, and so oh. they got together in men's groups. And what and did they do there? They go deep into their own psyche and they do inner work. Oh, now, that kind of about, work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, there's different kinds of men's groups. Some okay. do service work. They go out okay. and build a house. Okay. Okay. But but my men's groups always went deep and said, "What's okay. going?" on? Because right. we had a lot of sophisticated men who got together regularly uh -huh. and helped each other with this deep processing, getting oh, things. Sounds away, like um, work, money, what, what, mm, relationship. Sounds yeah. like something that would happen in sort of a Turkish bath or something. I get <laughs> the impression as you speak. Um, well, tribal people, tribal men have been gathering together in men's houses for yeah. a long time or gathering yeah. around the fire. Sure. So it's an ancient tradition. Mm -hmm. So you've been doing a lot of men's work for many years, and then yeah. you wrote this book. Yeah, Enlightenment is really a a uh, a workbook for men who want to become a better man. It's oh. here's here's twenty five ways that you can become a better ladies, man. ladies, go life. get the book. <laughs> Give it. And, Christmas is coming up. <laughs> I have a I have a very specific recommendation for ladies. Yes, about this book. Yes, don't. Hand the book. Don't do not hand the book to your man and say you need this. No, that will not work. No, leave it on. Leave it on, <laughs> on the, the counter table. somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> leave it on the table. Let them discover and when he it. says, "What's this?" Then you say, "Oh, I don't know. It's just something I picked up." You yeah, know, right. And, and walk away. Do and not walk engage. away. <laughs> because if you if you start telling him he needs this, he's not going to read it. He's not going to read it. Okay, this is very valuable information you got here, Lion. I mean, <laughs> all right. So now we're on the second book, and and what year was this? Do you remember? I do, I have no idea. Okay, no problem. <laughs> next, what do you got next? Uh, this was clear your beliefs. And clear this is your where, beliefs. Yeah, mm -hmm. This is where I took everything I knew about beliefs and putting put it into mm -hmm. an ebook. Again, it's yeah. available at clearyourbeliefs.com. Okay. Um, it's really a, a wait a minute wait a minute no i have clearbeliefs.com is it yes, clear your the, beliefs or clear two beliefs different, two different websites ah okay okay so clear your beliefs is uh -huh. for people who want to do it themselves we right. really that sure the, that for the, the book the mm -hmm. program uh really needs a coach so we now offer it as a coaching program right okay okay where you look into your beliefs that are in your way mm -hmm. and you get cleared out one by one so and this is three now we're going to the fourth 
right? Yeah, clear, yes, clear sure. your client's limiting beliefs. Ah, that's this right. Is the one, this is the one for therapists, healers, and coaches. Okay, okay. Uh, introducing the training program, why we do what we do, how we mm -hmm, do it. Mm -hmm. And okay. so that's really a lead in to my yeah. clear beliefs coach training. Okay, then we've got transforming trauma. Hmm? Yes, this is a collective book. You know, yes. Many books are written with lots of authors. So I was one mm -hmm. of many authors yeah. uh, focused on trauma. And what I do is heal trauma mm -hmm. uh, because traumas create beliefs often. Yeah, we come sure. to certain conclusions from them mm -hmm. and those conclusions can get in our way later. Mm -hmm. So we often find trauma at the core of the problematic things that yes. are happening to people now. Well, well. Um, wait a minute now. I, I <laughs> um, there's a there's something here that you suggested or or as a question. What is the imaginal realm, and how do you use it in your work? And how can our listeners work with it at home? The imaginal realm is the first. I haven't. You don't see that word imaginal very often. What What do you mean here? Well, it's a word that was uh, developed by a, a anthropologist yeah. who recognized that. Um, all peoples have their physical bodies and their yes. physical work, and they also have this other body in which dreams occur yeah. and which where we plan and think about the future. Mm -hmm. And he he coined the term to distinguish it from imaginary. Imaginary right. is just something you make yes. up in your head, but mm -hmm. imaginary is that collective unconscious that you uncover. Yeah. yeah, it's the place where we can go and see deep patterns that are in the psyche or in the, the, yeah. gen, the it's, general um, psyche. Interesting you mentioned this. Um, I was writing my book and um, someone was proofreading it. And they, they said, you know, this visualization you write about, you have to be careful because not everyone knows how to visualize, you know? Yes. And to me, it's just an obvious task. I mean, everybody does that in my mind. And, uh, you know, and it's obviously not true. It's interesting. Well, we use a lot of visualization in our mm -hmm. work. Yeah. And we I was concerned that the work we do might not work for non-visualizers because about 20 percent right. of the population has little or no ability to visualize. Yeah. And fortunately, we can adjust all of our techniques mm -hmm. to whatever the primary perception ability is of that person. So they mm -hmm. may be more kinesthetic. So we, right. we we do the, take them through the same processes, but mm -hmm. using their body feelings mm. or some I people see. Are, are I see. How yeah. do you feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and I, recently, one of my uh, graduates uh, came back and said, I just took a woman who was blind from birth through right. this process. Mm, I said, How did it work? I was fascinated. She yeah. said, well, she's a very functional person. She knows where everything is in her mm -hmm, apartment. Mm -hmm. She can walk over and pick up a knife that she left on the counter two days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and so she just used that perceptual ability of knowing yes. where it was mm -hmm. to do the process. I thought that's pretty cool. That a process mm -hmm, can use mm -hmm. for someone, you know, blind from birth. So you all of our processes that, yeah. can be adjusted. Yeah, the way people feel. Because if mm -hmm. I say to someone, um, imagine you're on a beach and you see this, 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 and that, as compared to, imagine the color blue. What does that color make you feel? There are two different processes, and and it's easier I found with the color blue. That feeling instead of having someone abstractly imagine uh it's, this is interesting well boy where do i go you don't have any more books so i can't ask you about that <laughs> <laughs> um uh, let's see let's see okay 
One last, I'll give you one last. Are you ready? One last question. Sure. <laughs> what is a core belief? This has come up in um, in different uh, d- domains, core beliefs. Everybody talks about core beliefs as if we know what they are. So what is a core belief? First of all, our beliefs come in clusters. So uh-huh. for example, a person may have a bunch of beliefs that all reinforce each other. I'm no yeah. good. Nobody likes me. There's something wrong right. with me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not welcome here. Right. And so we have to take those clusters apart piece yeah. by piece yeah. in order to clear them. Yeah. The core yeah. beliefs are the ones that we build our whole lives on. Yeah. And they're the kind they're often about the self. So um okay. I'm there's something wrong with me. Yes. That's the core belief. When when we ask, in fact, I invite you to do this because this is yeah. one of my favorite examples. Mm-hmm. So if you close your eyes and you feel what it feels like to hold the belief there's something wrong with me. You can try the belief on and feel it in your body. You can actually yeah, I know. feel that sensation. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I know you're too advanced, but for but your audience can try. Yeah, this. right, right, right. <laughs> and you actually have a feeling in your body. Yeah. And then you can take that feeling sure, off, off from the belief mm-hmm. and try on the belief: I am a sacred and worthy being. Sure, sure. And when you try that on, you have a different mm-hmm. feeling. So this yeah. shows that beliefs create feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, beliefs also create our personality. Sure. So the core beliefs are the beliefs that we built our personality around. Okay. okay. Based on things that happened to us, conclusions we came to, things our parents said mm-hmm, to us. Mm-hmm. Those are the core beliefs that sort of yes, run yes. that point forward. Well, oh, everything comes to an end, even the good things. So I'm going to have to say goodbye. And thank you so much for taking the time with all of the work you do to having taken the time to come and talk to us. It was so, so interesting, Lion. I really it's a great appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you for having me. I hope me to have you back sometime. Happy if to come that back. would be possible, maybe another book. <laughs> <laughs> if the occasion comes up, there's another book, knock on my door. I'll have you back. That would be wonderful. wonderful. Bye-bye, Lion. Bye-bye.